You want to play sports in college? Hi everyone, Coach D here and welcome back to The Standing O. Yes, today we are talking college sports. The glitz, the glam, the celebrity of it all. It is a dream for so many athletes. It is often touted as the pinnacle of accomplishment in sports, getting that scholarship to be a college athlete. But the question is, are you really ready? Are you really ready for what it takes to be a college athlete, to be a successful college athlete, to be a happy, whole individual while being a college athlete? Having coached dozens of athletes that have went on to compete in all divisions of college sports, and from my own college athlete experience, being a successful college athlete and becoming a success beyond athletics Trust me when I say, it takes more than talent. Here at Standing O, we share stories and conversations that help you win your confidence. And my conversation today with my friend, Lindsay Long, is one, more student athletes, their parents and coaches need to be having when you are in a stage of transition. Whether it's transitioning to the next level of competition or even transitioning into another phase of life without sport. Lindsay Long is the Assistant Athletics Director for Student Athlete and Letter Winner Engagement at Iowa State University. Through the Office of Student Athlete and Letter Winner Engagement, Lindsay is building programming and out-of-class curriculum for student athletes to document experiences that are core to their personal and professional development. Lindsay was a student athlete herself and a four-time letter winner for the Iowa State women's soccer team. She lives the motto of once a cyclone, always a cyclone. Trust me when I say, Lindsay lives this every day. This is an episode you're going to want to save. Without further ado, here's my conversation with my friend, Lindsay Long. All right. Well, hi, Lindsay. I'm so excited to have you on the Standing O podcast. I'm very excited to be here. Thanks for having yeah. me. You're welcome. Well, we've known each other for a long time. I've known your husband even longer as he was one of my quote unquote, older brothers as my, he was one of my dad's, um, athletes. One of my favorite Andy stories is when I was in high school and it was like winter break, Thanksgiving break. And, um, I have, um, always loved sleeping in and I just woke up to this pounding above me. My room was in the basement and I come upstairs and it's my dad and your now husband, Andy, uh, installing new wood floors. And they gave me a hard time. I was like, you woke me up. You're so loud. And they're like, it's like 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so Andy's always been one to give me a hard time. I have heard that story actually. And I think that your dad has told me that story before. Yeah. And it was, it's kind of a fun one, but he always loved the fact of, I mean, that's what I loved about track and field, about being a coach's kid. And I'm sure what you see in college athletics is just the community of all these different backgrounds that come together um, and just learn to, you know, cohabitate and work towards a common goal, but just ultimately become like a family. 
I think that's what I love the most about sports because you walk into a community and when call you know, when you're competing in high school and you might be the best on your team uh, and you pursue a higher level and you walk into college, you're now probably one of many that have the same skill sets and you have to kind of go through that process again of, of learning and creating an identity and working hard and it's just that next level. But you step into that same community of people that you can build on and at that next level, no matter what level you compete at, it's so neat to see how sport brings people together. And those are transferable skills that are very difficult to teach. You really have to experience them. Before we get into the transferable skills, can you share more about um, what your current role is? Let's start with that. So I'm currently the assistant athletics director for student athlete and letter winner engagement at Iowa State University. This is a unit that's pretty forward thinking. Um, it's actually connected to different areas that previously existed independently. It was a student athlete development, which was part of academics and more of like your life skills programming. And then the letter winners club, which was under our development team to help cultivate and foster lifelong relationships with athletic alumni. So one of the things that was appealing uh, to connect these two units was this observation that, so I started in, in athletics in 2012 and we launched this unit in 2019. And one of the things that was continually growing in awareness of um, just trying to cultivate the recent graduates is that you don't have a relationship with them if you just wait until they're graduated. And so I wanted to be more involved in that process and that, that student athlete experience process that you and I both know here at Iowa State and the resources that you have available to you. I just felt like we could really enhance some of those opportunities and maximize those opportunities by connecting current and former players um, very intentionally. So whether it's through the self-awareness programming, our career exploration phase that helps just talk through and prepare for, you know, what is after college, even if you pursue professional sport, how do you make sure that you're, you're preparing yourself for a life of success? and then goes right into that preparing for um, life after college. So uh, those three different phases have been really neat to see evolve and, and start right before COVID and then move into COVID and then try to find that path forward outside of COVID and where we are today. Yeah. Well, let's talk about this because you're explaining you in a sense. I mean, when we were athletes at Iowa State, nothing like this existed, at least to the extent of what you're describing, but when you started, this position didn't exist. So how did you, um, cause you had to like own all these skills that you're going to be sharing with us. How did you like make a seat at the table? How did you advocate not just for yourself and for, um, how you're the person for the job, but just because in a sense, you're advocating for who we used to be like, right. You're advocating for these, for these youth that are coming through. So how did, like, what was your process to get to where you are to do that? Yeah. And I don't know if you feel this way, but I did not feel prepared for life after college at all. I was a marketing degree. I came here to play soccer. I was from Colorado. So I was 12 hours away from home. Um, I didn't have a great experience at Iowa State with my soccer career. I had three different head coaches, so we had a lot of turnover, a lot, a lot of turnover. And it was difficult to 
really find that rhythm or feel like I accomplished what I had set out to accomplish as an athlete. And meeting Andy, um, we got married in 2003. And so, sorry, we got engaged in 2003. We got married in 2004. And so it was right after I had graduated in December of 2003 because I took an extra year of eligibility after breaking my ankle. And I had no plan. And I remember what was said to me was, you're a student athlete, you'll get a job, you'll be fine. And I did get a job and I was okay, but I was not fine. I had no idea how to go through the process of aligning the company values with my values. I had no idea if I wanted to work for a large company, if I wanted to work for a private sector, if I wanted to go into education, like I really had no idea. And I didn't take the time to go through that process because I didn't know. And you only know what you know. And so living through that gap helped inspire, like how can I use my experience to create a new cyclone journey story? Like how can I contribute to what I started here, what brought me to Iowa State in the first place was sports. And now I'm working in the athletics department. How can I build stronger relationships with these student athletes, get involved in the soccer program, get involved in general, and help share, you know, what I wish I would have known then that I do know now because of experiences. And so that led to being more involved in programming under the existing role with life skills. Um, and also that is fairly new. It's like the last 10 to 15 years that the NCAA had put into, I don't know if it's law, but policy of that we have to, as a university, prepare our student athletes through specific touch points. And so that developed the life skills or student athlete development um, network. And so more resources were being poured into the student athletes because they were recognizing these gaps. Um, and so then it's just become very healing also for my own journey to feel like I can take what I felt like was broken or regret and put it into something that has helped so many more people because they now can go through that process of learning and preparing for life after college that I really just completely missed. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. I mean, like, um, my husband is, and I, as former athletes, we share the same sentiment. Although I think our drop in that gap came at different times. Like his kind of came right away because he was like, you went from sports straight to corporate. And I, all my life wanted to be a teacher and I became a teacher. And so I, it's like, I just transferred this acclaim and like, you're awesome from like my coaches, my peers, the paper. Right. And it, went into like the hands of nine-year-olds, you know, like, I love you. You're so awesome. You're amazing. And then when I, um, stepped away from teaching just to become a stay-at-home mom, it was like, I was just surrounded with empty dishes and a crying baby. And I was like, who am I? And how does this, you know, like, who am I in this world? I had no creative outlet. I had, you know, I was just like empty and that for me, it hit later than some, but I mean, I completely can see from like, my end of how I just like yearn for that would have helped me, right? Like someone talking to me more about just like what you're going to be or go what you're going to do. And like, who do you want to be? Who do you want to become? Like, I think that's such a distinction. Developing the strategies of how you go through that because everybody's so different. And I had three different jobs 
in three years. Like I just, I decided to stay because Andy and I wanted to um, build a family and to build a home here in Iowa. And I never thought that I would stay in Iowa. <laughs> I had my bags packed after my first semester. Um, and now I've lived here longer than I lived in Colorado. But, um, you know, I think not, not having the strategies or not having an awareness of how to develop the things that helped me to be successful at different stages of my life to apply them to the new stages or new transitions was became the focus of what we can apply in this programming. Because like you said, everybody goes through these stages at different times. I had three different jobs in three years and I stepped back and I was like, what, what am I doing? Who am I? I didn't know how to really maintain a routine that I wasn't competing at the level that I had was used to competing at. And working out was just not the same fulfillment because I didn't have that team camaraderie. And I think as athletes too, no matter what level you're competing at, people are seeking things from you. You know, So if it's your coach, if it's the affirmation, if it's your teammates, if it's you're motivated by individual goals, whatever that is that helps drive you at the level that you're at, there are transferable skills that you are developing but if you don't know how to identify them or to identify the things that help you in that process, then you can't take forward the learning outcome that will help you so seamlessly in the next transition, even though it may be hard. There might, there might, there's still going to be, you know, peaks and valleys, but you are developing and equipping yourself with the strategies and the tools to walk through those next phases. Mm, that's so powerful. So Tell me, what are some of the transferable skills and the strategies that you're talking about? Time management. We all have it, right? Time management, I mean, time yeah. management is one of those things that um, you have to learn how to be disciplined in competing at a high level. And athletics, you know, especially being a student athlete in high school or college, you have to maintain your grades, right? So you have to balance academics and athletics. And if you're going to continue to achieve in, in high areas, the discipline of having five hours of practice, training, treatment, all of those things on top of a full course load, and still find time for yourself, you have to be, you're, you're already doing it. You're already learning how to balance your time, but you may not understand the things that are important to you and how you can be successful. So one of the things that I've learned and I talk to a lot of our athletes about is I am actually better when I'm busy. When I'm not busy, I don't have the same level of discipline. And so how I apply that to seasons where I'm not as busy because things aren't maybe coming at me or recognizing that busy means different things. So in my season, we have a lot of reunions in the fall and fall semester starts. So we're launching new classes and we've got reunions because they're aligned with football season because that's the, that's the platform that we have the most availability for tickets and ticket benefits and those kinds of things. So we welcome all of our athletic alumni back across different weekends and it's an engagement strategy. So I have people that are contacting me for coming back, right? So they're seeking how to um, register or whatever it is. And then you've got brand new students into the university. So they're trying to get acclimated. So there's a lot of hustle with people coming at you at that season. 
But just because the people go away doesn't mean that I'm less busy. It's just a different focus. So how I balance my time in those seasons have, it's helped me to identify the strategies of having very set things that I need to accomplish. And when I do that, I'm a lot more successful. Or I'm a lot more productive. So there's just one example. Yeah. I feel like I need to retake that course because like, as you're talking, when, when you're, when you're a student athlete, yes, it's time management, but sometimes your, your, your time allotments are like decided for you. Right. So your, your school schedule is this time. Your practice time is this time. And I mean, it's the in-between things that you got to figure out, like when to study and all of that. Um, and then like, even in like a corporate setting, like, you know, for me, school hours were from here to here. And so it's like, when I had this set structure, I could manage it. But now that I'm kind of more like free flowing and on my own, I found like that overwhelming of like, you know, how do I decide my time within it? And I would say I was still figuring that out. So we talk a lot about like rocks, right? So you think about that jar that everybody talks about. You put your rocks in first because those are your priorities. And then you follow by your pebbles and then you put your sand in that's going to fill up all the different pieces in your jar. When you think about that concept with regards to time management, if you know that, you know, your family is your priority. So there's one of your big rocks. So then you know in every day that these drop-off times, pickup times, et cetera, have to be accounted for. You also are going to have practice or you're going to have something with regards to the teams that you coach. So then that's going to take that next rock. And so at least if you know what those different levels of priorities, it requires the thinking aspect to it, but it's just going into the day with a plan. Because just like in competition, you don't go into a game, you don't go into a meet, you don't go into a race without having a plan. You know what your times are, you know what your skills are, you're going to execute those to the best of your ability. You're going to do that in the same way every day, but it's the level of discipline. Now, does it have to be at the highest level every day? No, because you have to give yourself some grace, right? Like you have to find that time and that balance that's going to help you be your best. And so that's one of the things that we talk about a lot as well is as you're learning through these different stages of life, how do you be your best? What is most important for you today to be your best? If you're having a really bad day and there's something that is completely out of your control, what can you control to make sure that you get through today? Maybe you need to go talk to somebody. Maybe you need to make something right with somebody. Maybe you need to go grab a coffee and have some girl time or, or you know, row time or whatever it is, right? Like maybe you have to go on a run or maybe you need to do a workout, whatever that is, you have to find ways of being your best. And you can do that. If you develop that strategy with grace, then you can be your best every day. You just have to give yourself that ability to think critically through those situations. I like that. How, how do you need to be your best today? I like that. Cause you're right. We all have different ways that we regroup, that we refresh, that we get our thoughts underneath us. I like that that question. That's really good. Um, you were just at she coaches. You were a wonderful, um, guest to have as one of our speakers on our panel. And you talked about the importance for us as high school coaches, as coaches of youth, like kind of before they get to you at the college level, that there's just skills that these kids are lacking. Um, I know you also work with when, once they get to college, how they take those skills and go, outside of sport, but let's first talk about like that transition for a, a kid who really wants to compete at the next level in college. What, what are they currently missing and what do they need to succeed at your level? 
So I've thought a lot about this just since she coaches, because I loved being part of that conference. It opened my eyes to a whole community of people that I didn't even realize had alignment with the things that I'm doing. And so I appreciate being able to, you know, join you in that journey. Um, and some of the side conversations were really important because COVID had a significant impact and we really are still working through COVID. One of the worst outcomes that I have seen with the transition of high school to college is the lack of deadline awareness. And I think a lot of that was because deadlines for assignments were pushed off to whenever. Whenever you can get this done, get it done. But realistically in life, that's nothing works that way. Your sport's not going to work that way. Um, you know, if you have to watch film or you have to do something to prepare for that weekend, you can't wait till the next weekend because you're going to have a different opponent, you know? And so the discipline that you really do learn through your sport, you have to apply to those other areas. And we're not seeing people take accountability or take individual responsibility for those deadlines and that it becomes either an excuse or somebody else doing it for them. And frankly, that's what gives athletes bad name, a bad name. It's the 10% that ruins it for the ninth, you know, for the, the whole. Um, and that's something that definitely separates your elite athlete from the rest. So if you want to help develop elite athletes, it's taking those individual responsibility for not just your actions, but for your success, right? So you think about whether it's watching film or improving your time, maybe it's weightlifting, whatever that is. Um, if you have to miss something, you go in and you find out how can you make it up or you go in and make it up. And the same thing in classes. And we're seeing that in the classroom, especially with the, the classes that we're teaching because we're having these conversations, there's just a big gap in people saying, well, if I just get it done by the end of the semester, it'll be fine. Well, no, it's not because there's three assignments that compound on it. And now you're missing, you're missing the pieces that walk you through that process of thinking at a deeper level. Um, so I guess, I don't know if that's too broad, but I think really finding strategies to help your athletes recognize the level of discipline in deadlines and what it can do to help them take individual responsibility for their success. Because it's not just about what you miss or it's somebody else's fault or, you know, stuff happens, but you can still take responsibility through something that even if you completely forgot, hey, you know, my mind was somewhere else today because this happened, but I know I need to make it right with you or I, need, I know I need to make it up, so what can I do? You know, and it's not the teacher's responsibility to, or the coach's responsibility to make it up for you, but you can at least go and have those conversations. So communication, um, taking individual responsibility and having that attention to detail for, for deadlines is probably three areas that we see a huge gap in right now. That's really good way to summarize that. <laughs> Lindsay, that was really good. Um, I remember like, especially cause my season was mostly in the spring and in education, we had a lot of like projects that were always due. And I would, the first day of class, I would take the syllabus that the teacher gave me and I would highlight the dates that I would be gone for practice. And I would go there and I had an advisor say like, always sit in the front, 
so that the teacher knows that you're there. They know that you're serious about it. And I remember one time I handed my highlighted syllabus to my teacher of like the days I'll be gone. And they're like, I've, I've taught for over a decade and no athlete has ever done this for me. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> but you know, it was like you, you, so I, it was just, it wasn't something I made up. It was advice somebody gave to me and I did it. And it really, it taught me a lot of things other than just doing well in the class. Uh, we just had this conversation with my freshman in high school who went through middle school. Everything's online. There's no, like, like you were saying, you know, no deadlines. And uh, when I had his conference, his teacher was talking about the difference between his assessments, which were good, and his ability to turn in his assignments on time, which was not great. And he's like, clearly he's understanding because he's, you know, right. And so we just had this conversation, like, just don't make the easy things hard. Yeah. That's you know, a good like, one too. Save the hard things for the hard things. Uh, so yeah, I think that's so, so important. I like that you're helping athletes with that. How about on the other end? Like when we leave athletics, what are skills and strategies that our athletes need? So one of the things that we implement as part of our curriculum, so I went through, um, so, so actually let me take a quick step back. So I was not, I was not the type of student that I wish I was in undergrad. And it was always important to me to prove to myself that I could be a good student and that I had the ability of achieving at that level, right? Because I just didn't feel like I applied myself. I didn't know. I came to school when I was 17. I was not ready socially for the transition. I think there's those kinds of things as well. Um, and so I went back to school and I got my master's in higher education. And it was educational leadership and policy studies. And it was an emphasis in leadership and learning. So it was the ability to, or you were learning um, different strategies of how to help develop others and recognize leadership and learning practices, best practices that then you can put into classroom and just other areas. And so that also, I would say that that was the catalyst in me recognizing the gap in building relationships between current athletes and former athletes. So when you graduate and you make that transition, like we're about to talk about, there's, there are so many people here, just like there is in high school, that are there to help you in that stage of life. But you do have to take that individual responsibility. So um, how you lead and learn through those transitions is really important for yourself. Um, so going back to school opened my eyes to a lot of things, but it also allowed me to accomplish and kind of re have a have a, a go again, you know, or a second chance at like I, I know I can do this. I just didn't apply myself because I didn't know. And I didn't take the time of really recognizing what I needed to do to be successful in those areas. Um, and I'm probably harder on myself than I need to be, but that's also just part of, you know, what makes me me. So um, that program, that curriculum was very much built on individual responsibility. How do you prepare for transitions? How do you learn from experiences? And so some of the research that we received as graduate students, I redeveloped a little bit into the application for undergrad. And, but it's not, it's not rocket science. It's how do you learn from experiences, your own experiences or experiences that you've observed? So when we prepare 
people are transitioning out of college, we actually go back at the very beginning of the semester and reflect through the transition into college. So everybody at the point that I have them in University Studies 303 is that they've all been somewhere at the beginning of college, right? So they, they're in their junior, senior, graduate program years. And so if you reflect through when you first came to college, what was your immediate reaction? Was it hard? Was it easy? Um, did you feel homesick? And why? Like the why is the most important. So the reflection through, like the critical thinking happens through reflection. And so when you're prompted through a series of questions that help you identify the feelings and the thoughts and the outcomes of what your immediate reaction was to something, followed by a later reflection, then you finish that worksheet with your impact, implication, um, application, and commitment, and that will help you reframe your thinking through a process that you really start to develop those strategies of recognizing how you can work through a situation that is either really hard or even to identify why something worked as well as it did. So when you take time to reflect through the transition of coming into college, if, if the community, like we talked about at the beginning with sport, was really important, then make sure that wherever you're going, you have a community of people. So when you're identifying the corporate office, when you're um, identifying whatever organization you're looking to pursue, if that's important to you in the success that you had as you transitioned into college. So you can kind of learn from and apply those same outcomes. And if something was really hard, why was it hard? And then how can you avoid that in the next transition? And you can do that at every stage, right? Like you're going into high school, there's a completely new level of commitment um, at everything, you know, within the classroom, within your sport, that then is going to be another level when you get to college. And if you go on and pursue professional sport after college, it's going to be another level. And you're going to have less, um, probably less structure that you then have to create, you know, and, and make sure that you're disciplined in. So we kind of go through those learning from experiences, um, that model of how you can grow through the things that you've already experienced or that people that are important to you have experienced so that you can step into those next stages more prepared. And when you develop that way of thinking, you actually change the way that you approach situations because you can usually find something in your own experiences that would help you navigate the direction that you want to go or what you want to achieve in that particular situation. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Like the importance of reflection, but I also like what you're saying and like you're helping them be intentional, but it's not just like take this job because it offers the most money or take this job because it's in the coolest city. Um, I think that applies to even high school kids looking for college, right? Like they look at it because like, I want to go to that school because that's who I cheered for since I was five or that school's offering me the most money, but they don't think about those things like the community, how they, how do you become your best? Um, like what skills and strategies are important to you? And I, to me, that's what I'm hearing you say is like, those things are the most important things, not the external parts. Well, and you had asked us at the conference, what is your all? Mm -hmm. No, so if you, you can't have everything, but you can have it all as long as you know what your all is. And I've thought about that a lot. And I even put the sticker on my water bottle so that I Aww. can, you know, have it every day. Um, 
but it's the same thing. It's just a different application is if you don't know what your all is, then you can't have it all. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know what you want, you can't have it. So it's, again, that same, but you have to do the work in the thinking. You have to. Um, and when you were talking about your high school son, um, I had giggle because um, my son, who just entered high school as well, had said, you know, mom, I think this person really needs your communication talk. Because <laughs> <laughs> they don't, like, you just, you have to be willing to step into that level of even, like, uncomfortable, um, an uncomfortable environment to get comfortable and you have to go through that same process of thinking in order to know what you want. Um, we do that also through SMART goals. I know that's a pretty recognized, uh, you know, conversation. So a SMART goal is being specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely. And if you don't have all of those areas identified in your goal, you are less likely to succeed at the level that you would otherwise be able to succeed at. And so if you don't really know what you want to accomplish, then how can you be specific? If you don't have, or how can you accomplish it? If you don't have a, a deadline, how are you going to know when you reach it? And if you don't have measurable outcomes, how are you going to know where you're at in the process? So going through that practice, our athletes in the classes that we teach will develop three SMART goals each semester. And then we provide those feedback, some feedback of how can you maybe think through this a little bit differently or uh, make sure that there's an actual date, not just into the semester, like put an actual date so that until you see it, say it, say it until you see it. And then once you do set another goal, um, but it's that discipline and that practice that you're again, doing in your sport, you're just applying it to other areas. And that's where you're developing those transferable skills that employers want so badly. I mean, you are so marketable as athletes, because you are learning through, you know, how to work with, how do you collaborate and work with people with all different backgrounds, all kinds of demographics, right? And you're achieving individual and common goals that that's the workplace. You know, those, those kinds of things, I think, are really important in this process of high school, college, and beyond in developing those skill sets. That's great. Before we, like, wrap it up, what about the kid that's listening? That's like, I don't want to go into corporate world. I want to do my own thing. I mean, I feel like that is so much more of a option than it was for you and I, and we were in athletics in the early two thousands. Right. So like, what do you say to that kid? That's like, I don't want to work with people. I'm just going to be able to do my own thing. Right. Like what I'm sure you, you deal with that a lot now in your college courses with these college athletes. So what's your advice to that kid? So we even talk about this in recruiting, you know, somebody that wants that really wants to seek out some kind of entrepreneur um, venture. And we're seeing so many things explode in the tech industry, software, um, social media, and that's the demographic today. So I would say to those individuals that are listening, you know, think through what does entrepreneurship mean to you? Not that you have to figure out what you specifically want to do, but what does it mean to you? Is it the freedom of having your own schedule? Great. But how are you going to be disciplined and having deadlines that you're going to accomplish? And how do you maintain a level of motivation that's going to keep you going in that area? And if entrepreneurship is really important to what you see yourself doing long term, make sure the college 
is set up with resources that support entrepreneurship, whether it's a, whether it's a specific degree, whether that um, there are resources like at Iowa State, there's the Papa John Center for Entrepreneurship. There are so many things out there that could be resources, but you have to look into them. So again, like thinking through what it is that's of interest, learn from somebody who's doing it. Learn from somebody who's successful in that area and then shadow them and see if the things that the things that you just see might be the exciting things. Like everybody tells me, oh my gosh, your job is so amazing. I think it's so much fun. You're right, it is. But if you didn't think that it was fun, I would not be doing my job, right? right. So they don't I get call. to see yeah. the other things that happen behind the scenes that maybe aren't so fun that mm -hmm. you still have to do in order to have the outcomes that you get to see. So learn from people and identify what it is that attracts you to those particular um, career fields, or even just, I don't know, um, schedules maybe is a good one too. Uh, and then learn from people. So the more people that you can start to establish relationships with and learn from, I think that you're more prepared ongoing. That's great advice. And there, you actually never, even if you feel like you're on your own, you're never on your own, nothing. <laughs> You never get to go anywhere solo. So that's really good, Lindsay. Thank you. Uh, before the final question, I just want to take a moment. I mean, I know you outside of your job and you're just, you're an amazing mom, you, um, a driven person and anybody that's around you is just inspired by you. But getting, as an Iowa State alumni, I have seen the impact of what you do. And for me, you know, when I left college, my, all our college coaches left too. There was that transition. And so for a long time, we felt very disconnected from the school that we loved and, you know, was important to us. And so I want to thank you for bringing that connection back and just making us feel like, you know, even though we did a track and field, like we were important and the, our teammates and stuff were important too. So you're doing your job well, and we can all see that. Well, thanks. We've got exciting news for the spring for our track and field athletes. So stay tuned. Woohoo. Can't wait. So, okay. So this is a standing O podcast. And so just the, the whole idea of learning to applaud ourselves and not wait for others to affirm us or give us that confidence. So Lindsay Long, what would you say is your standing O moment? When I went back to school, it's when I proved to myself that I could be a good student. And I did it with two little kids and a very active family. And it took me longer than what a graduate program would, but it has inspired what I do today. And so I think that's definitely my standing out moment. That's awesome. You're amazing. Thanks. Lindsay. Thanks for having me, Erica. You bet. I have told Lindsay about a thousand times. I wish I had this knowledge when I was in college. I wish I had the support. I wish I had taken the time to think beyond what I was doing in the moment and look at the big picture, who I was becoming, how do I become, and where do I become my best? What an incredible opportunity Lindsay is providing student athletes at Iowa State and for us here at the Standing O. This is the perfect episode to share with all of those you know who work with student athletes and those athletes who are on the verge of transition. Your time as an athlete is short. It's not just where you play, but it's how you play, how it's shaping you and who it's shaping you to become. When you are looking at a college or for a job 
remember to consider what you need to be at your best. Thank you for following Standing O. We are here to help you win your confidence. And as you know, until next time, this is Coach D, and I'm cheering you on. Bye.